Jake, we are here for a new week of picks. A couple of announcements for the people right off the bat here. First off, this is not a baseball show, but I have to give a nod to the Seattle Mariners for playing hard on Sunday and beating the Rangers and allowing my Astros to avoid the wild card and just coast right into the two seed, even though they absolutely do not deserve it. Uh, thank you, Mariners, for making that happen. So uh, you gotta 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 show my love here. I mean, all, all all the props we give Seattle, they at least tell you something. I mean, it's it's crazy. We we've been all over the baseball team and all over the football team. So, yeah, I mean, yes and no. It was kind of symbiotic last year. They made us so much money. So, I mean, we showed them love. They showed us love. It was good. You know, this year was a little bit more up and down. We we, we backed them a lot. It was it was a little rocky there at times. Uh, but uh, I, again, thank you, thank you, Mariners, for that. Um, but the the big note here, uh, we're gonna try something a little bit different here going forward to get a little more consistency rather than as we go into the fall now we just got kind of focusing more on football rather than having a couple of longer shows going to do a show each day just like we were doing with other sports and we're just going to kind of give out whatever picks seem right to give out that day based off the current lines the situation who's on that sort of thing um we'll be doing uh, for now just a lot of football right uh throughout the week so five football shows basically uh right now we're eyeing four picks a show we're eyeing one A grade a show and then three other picks that we think are good investments. That's kind of where we're at now. But hey, if you have suggestions and whatnot, you can always drop those in the comments. Or if you're with us on Dub Club, message us on Discord and, and give your suggestion. Uh, it doesn't mean we can do it. We can listen. Some things aren't just aren't feasible, unfortunately. But you know, we, we do love to hear what people want and, and we take that into account as as if we can. Um with that said, we are. Because of this, there's no restriction now. We, we we could throw a baseball pick out there, we, and we will here during the month of October. We will for sure have at least one baseball pick. <laughs> I guarantee that much. I don't know how many, but I think there's a pretty good chance that we'll have like maybe one baseball pick here uh, for Tuesday and, and one for Wednesday, and maybe one for Thursday. That one's going to be a little bit tougher because when we record Wednesday night, we won't even know who's pitching. So that might be tougher, but as we get to the division, we'll have a pick or two on baseball. Um, and we'll just kind of mix in the football picks as appropriate. We would cover the Monday night football game right now, but we already covered that in last week's NFL show. Uh, but I think going forward, that's going to be kind of the plan is uh, unless the number is just, oh my gosh, you've got to go get it now. Uh, we'll probably wait on the Monday game and, and cover it here on this show. So we'll have more fresh football content for people right away. Uh, so hopefully this is a good, I'm excited about it. I think it offers us a lot of flexibility. Um, Today, we've got four college football games here all on Saturday. There are some midweek games. Maybe we'll discuss one of those later on. Maybe not. I don't, we'll see what the week holds. Uh, Jake, anything I forgot to mention about any change? Any, any, anything, any thoughts on your end? No, I mean, I'm excited for it because I like being able to mix and match throughout some of these college plays with the NFL ones, and then especially when you get to basketball, just mix and match there. I, I think it allows us a lot more flexibility. And as news comes out throughout the week, you can like the, B grades turn into A grades, and then A grades turn into C grades and stuff like that. So that it allows allows us to give you better information and, throughout the week. And a perfect example is last week we talked briefly about the Vikings Panthers game that happened earlier today, and we said, "Hey, if it's Bryce Young, I'm all over Minnesota." Like, and I kind of don't care about the price. I do, but I also kind of don't. Right, one of those things. But talking about you know if, if it's Andy Dalton, like they're they're competent in offense with him in there. And we talked, we recorded that show on Tuesday night. We were like, we can't really tell you anything. Uh, later in the week, it was confirmed he's starting, and I was all over uh, Minnesota. They throw a pick six to, to start the game. 
didn't even matter. Didn't even matter. They still crushed them, right? So um, that's the sort of thing that we can kind of, we don't have to worry about it early. We, we can cover that like Friday and be like, hey, we've heard now. We like to pick that sort of thing. So yeah, lots of flexibility. Um, we'll get to it here. Four college games starting off at noon. Toledo and UMass. Jake, look, one of the things we are, you know, not going to, we're not going to go from, away from our roots, which is, hey, we're going to cover some small school action. We're not always going to cover the biggest games. There are big games. We're going to cover some of them, but look, we know with the big games, you are getting information every which way possible on that. Um, so here's a game that's probably under your radar, probably not going to make my TV screen because this game might get ugly. Toledo's really good. UMass isn't. Jake, UMass is an overall not very nice grade of 69. Dead last rakes 133rd. They are one of the teams we've been talking about it on Discord. There's about 10-ish teams that the model is very high on relative to the market, about 10 that it's really low on. This week, those teams specifically, the model cleaned up on. And so I'm really optimistic going forward about the college model because UMass has been one of them. We faded UMass to go at home against New Mexico. New Mexico was traveling across the country. And I was like, I still think plus odds in New Mexico makes sense. They got the win for us. Uh, faded UMass this last week again. Another win for us. We are just, I am just not a believer in this UMass. The model's not a believer, I guess. I don't, I don't know anything. Yeah, I just do the math, right? Toledo, interesting enough, on the other hand, has played pretty well this season. Yesterday, last week, not included. They were playing much, but last week was a little bit of stub in their toe um, relative to what we expected. So kind of coming back down to earth. It's a reason why we have priors in the data, why we use previous year's data. The priors kind of help us because we have a general idea of schools and how kind of talent they bring in coaches, what kind of talent they bring in. A rough idea. We don't let that drive things too much, but it gives us a good starting point. The previous year's data allows us to handle transfers and things like that. And, and that's the reason why Toledo was ranked a little bit lower despite playing really well was we kind of knew that was not going to hold up. It didn't hold up this last week, but I'm still really hot. I'm all awesome 52. I think Cousin Jerry and I talked about this in study hall when we broke down every other college game we didn't talk about on show. And we're talking about this is about as high as a MAC team can go these days. I haven't, you don't see one much higher than this. MAC's so far behind everybody else, about as high as I could possibly be on Toledo, about as low as I could possibly be on UMass. And that's why we have an A grade pick here on Toledo, minus 19. Model says it should be 25.2. So your A grade play here, lock it in now, Toledo, minus 19. Lock it in 19, 19 and a half before it gets to 20 or 21. I think it should be even higher than that, but you're getting some key value here on this side of 2021. Jake, what do you got for us? Yeah, look, I, I love this Toledo team. If you watched our previous shows, you would have heard me talk about take the over there. Daquan Finn is a lot of fun, but something I didn't see coming is their, their running game from the running backs. Like, I knew Finn was very mobile, but Boone has been absolutely killing it through all these games. And they, they should be undefeated. They should have won the Illinois game. Yeah. Um, but they let that one go, lost by two. They've just been running through people ever since then. They said, like Northern Illinois, they jumped out of that big lead, and I think they took their foot off the gas. Yeah. They're, uh, their coach, not going to let that happen again, especially against a team as bad as you. Like, UMass, this is – no, this is – they're pitiful. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not going to go well. Like, the teams that they played close with were New Mexico – that, that's a bad team. And Eastern Michigan isn't anything any good. Other than that, they've just been absolutely dominated. I mean, Arkansas State, who 
almost gave up 100 points in their first game with Oklahoma, put up 52 against them. But And we got plus odds with Arkansas State. I don't know who let that happen. That was like yeah, the, that was one of the worst set lines of the year. I, I don't I don't know who believes in UMass, but somebody out there did. No, uh, not I. Surely that's surely that's all gone now. I, I think Toledo is the exception to the MAC teams. I think they are mm. good enough to compete with some like their group, the rest of the group of five. They are a very good team, both sides of the ball. I think they absolutely dominate here. Like Daquan Finn gets rolling, Boone gets running. I think they just run away with this. And, and you, I mean, you saw that. Against Illinois, not that Illinois is a good team, but going into Illinois and playing them basically even shows, I think, kind of what you were getting at, which is like they're good enough to play with the mediocre Power Five teams. Like they're not going to beat Ohio State. That's not what we're saying, right? But we talk about the mediocre bottom half of the Power Five teams, and that's what the, that's what the ranking of fifty-two implies. That that yeah, they're not going to beat they're not going to beat the you know USC's, but could they? hang around and beat an Arizona state, you know, or whoever. Right? It, exactly. And that's exactly what they did with Illinois hung around on the road, basically played them to a draw, whether they won by two or lost by two is kind of irrelevant. They played them even whether they ended up winning or not for our purposes for projection doesn't really matter. Obviously for them, it matters that the win, right. But for us, it's like, Hey, they, they showed they're about even with them. Um, Northern Illinois, the model has as eight points better than UMass. There's two hopes here, I think, when you're looking back at that last game. Number one, that was Toledo's worst game of the season uh, when you look when you look at it in terms of how they graded out. Um, part of it might have been taking their foot off the gas and lesson learned. It got a little bit scarier for them there, and maybe now they don't do that. The other hope is if UMass is that much worse in Northern Illinois, like we think, then that early 20-ish point lead would actually be like 40 <laughs> or 35 or something. And they can let their foot off the gas and they can still win by 20 because they'll be out by that much more than they were of Northern Illinois. So uh, kind of gives us a couple different paths to winning this one. So Toledo minus 19 uh, are a great play here. Jake, you, you last year you were the Mac daddy. You nailed the Mac schools when cousin Jared, I know was frustrated by the Mac. It was like, I can't figure this conference out. It gets wonky. You did very well with all your Mac picks. So not a Mac game. Right, because UMass was in the MAC for like three years or something. It's it was like a hot Maybe. second, right? Yeah, yeah, it was, it it was very short. Still. Only in football, I think. Right, they were yeah. they were still they're, Atlantic they're, they're a decent basketball. Yeah, they're a decent basketball conference. Yeah, it was a weird situation, but not a MAC game. But at least you got one MAC school here. Uh, viewer, a couple things real quick. First off. Uh, if, if, if you skip the intro, cause we normally blab number one, we're going to try not to blab as much going forward. Uh, but number two, go back and watch it today. A lot of important information updates, but the other thing, this is the a grade play here that we're giving out for free, a ton of other a grade plays for the college football slate. Most of them come out at the start of the week. We get the lines and then we watch and we see if anything moves into an a grade. Uh, so we'll add a few more, but I mean, the majority of those a grades were already given out now. Um, I was like 15 of them, 20 of them or so for this week in college football. So we'll talk about one of the two of those maybe later in the week. But if you want all the other A-grade picks, Dub Club is the place to be. That sign-up link's in the show description. And just as a reminder, that's just a great way to support the show. Uh, I, I, I've been spending like 100 hours a week doing this. I just I wake up, I do this, I go to sleep, basically. Mrs. Professor's not happy. We're going to have to change this. We're going to get, have to get a better work-life balance here. But you know, because this is all I do, 
y'all support helps me pay the bills and allows me to do the research and the work and everything. So again, Dub Club is the place to be for that. If you want just the play of the day, uh, you can do that for a little bit cheaper. That link's in the sign up description as well. Get on Black Buck Sports. Uh, they were down on Sunday. Uh, they, they weren't up. Uh, so if you're with us there, apologies. Uh, I had a baseball play and a football play, both at plus odds to give out. One and one, both at plus odds. It was profitable, but unfortunately, if you're with us on Black Book, you weren't able to get that because their system was down. Assuming that'll be fixed going forward. So anyway, just a couple of quick notes there. Saturday, 3.30 p.m. Eastern Virginia Tech at Florida State. Uh, Florida State, you know, starting off the season, I think we thought might be, you know, one of the top five teams in the country. Still might be. Unfortunately, um, their defense has a few questions. Unfortunately, kind of the early, those first two games, you know, they haven't looked quite as good since then, especially because obviously Boston College. The LSU win doesn't look that impressive. We're talking about LSU just isn't very good football team when fading them heavy. Uh, and so what was what seemed like a really impressive win early on is losing luster week by week, given how weak LSU is. What you cannot question is Florida State's offense. Uh, you see their numbers. I've got the efficiency in parentheses. The 131 grade for offensive efficiency uh, ranks them third in the country uh, for the most efficient offense. I love this offense. Their defense has some questions. Of course, are they going to have a problem defensively against Virginia Tech? No, because Virginia's offense has Virginia Tech's offense has way, way, way more questions, right? So uh, Florida State's defense has questions against a good offense. Virginia Tech, not a good offense. So not really worried today in this one. Their defense is still good, definitely good enough. Virginia Tech is definitely uh, a team that is stronger on defense. You can see that in the grades and the, right there on screen. Again, 100 is average. Higher means more points. Lower means less points. So lower on offense means you aren't scoring. Higher on offense means you are. Higher on defense means you're giving up points. Lower means you're not allowing them. So Virginia Tech at least average on defense, but struggling on offense. Jake, we predict 51.1 points in this game. We're going to go under 53. It's a C grade. I like this as a C grade. The number one, number one people, and if you are with us here, especially on Dub Club, you'll notice a little bit of a shift this week, and I mentioned this. We had too many A grades before, and so I'm trying to parse through and make the criteria a little bit tighter because it just was too many uh, of those picks. So what that means is now the B grades and C grades might get a little bit stronger. This is probably what would have been a B grade previously, but trying to shift everything around so that we don't have so many A grades because I know it's tough. I know some people just want the top handful of plays and unfortunately I, they can't all be top plays as much as I might love them all. Right. And so this is a, a good pick. Why is it a good pick? It includes 51 and 52, which cousin Jared will tell us are, I think like the fifth and the sixth most common outcomes in college football. That's using previous year's data. It might be even higher now that we have slightly fewer plays, like two plays per game, less per team or something like that. So about just a little bit less. So, so the average score being dropped down a point or two might make 51, 52 even more likely. The fact that we're getting those key numbers makes this a, a really strong pick. Even though it's only C grade, I think don't wait around. Get this now because you want both 51 and 52 included. Model says 51.1. Jake, I'm giving you the math set about the key numbers. What's your angle for why you like this under? Look, look this was my favorite dot A play on the board. Uh, when I saw this come out and I saw that 53, I thought that was amazing because Florida State, They've had a week off to prepare. I think the defense is really going to step up. Virginia Tech has been has not been very good this year on either side of the ball, really. Uh, they've been 
It's, I, I like it when Virginia Tech's good because that entrance they have with the Ender Sandman mm-hmm. is just mm-hmm. electric when, when they're good, but it's just not there right now. But Florida State, I think, is a – it's got to be the odds-on favorite now, especially with Riley Hurt to win mm-hmm. the win the ACC and all yeah. that. Uh, I, just, I think that defense with a week to repair is going to dominate. I mean, the offense – there's – I was super high on this offense last year. I uh, love Jordan Travis. He gets he gets to be fully healthy after that battle with Clemson with the week off. He's he's going to mm-hmm. be able to just pick apart this defense. I don't I don't see them getting to like 45 50 points here and I think that's really how this only the way the thing goes over cuz don't see Virginia Tech being able to score hardly anything and they need to run the ball and Florida State's Pretty get some guys up front that can really stuff the run. Uh, how they've been giving up stuff has been long plays. I don't see Virginia Tech putting together very good drives. I think there's they're going to run the ball a lot. Florida State's going to run the ball a lot because they're going to be ahead. There's going to be a lot of time to go down. It's going to be a very low scoring game, but a blowout game. Two things that I want to talk about based off what you just said. Number one was what I was planning on talking about here that I think is very important. One of the things the model does is it decreases the expected number of points based off of how big of a blowout we're expecting. Why does that matter? You see a game like USC Colorado that was looking like a blowout, didn't turn into it, and there were like 80 some odd points. Sometimes that happens. But for every one of those, you have a game like Oregon Stanford where you know they scored, they got down early, but then they started scoring, 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 and then it just kind of died. I'm thinking about USC Stanford a few weeks ago where there were like 50 points in the first half and like one touchdown the entire second half or something like that. So you'll see these type of things happen. And it's not to say that there will be a blowout or it's not to say that there will be a slowdown pace. It's just saying probabilistically, if we think there's a decent chance of a blowout, we have to say the expected number of points drops and that creates different outcomes. And we care about where we're 50% higher, 50% lower. And so that affects the model's projected number a little bit. And that's the case here. We're obviously all expecting a blowout here. This shouldn't be a close game, especially at Florida State. If this was at Virginia Tech, it would still probably be a blowout, but at least you could play the maybe crazy look ahead. Who the heck knows? College football is weird and you get weird upsets. You can maybe say like, there's a chance. In Tallahassee, there's only a chance in the sense that they do literally have to play the game, but I mean, we all kind of know what's going to happen. Virginia Tech might keep it closer, but there's a decent chance of a blowout. And that's really what's bringing this total down just a little bit. Just like you said, a lot of running there in the second half, less scoring really helps us, especially if the fourth quarter uh, gets really sleepy. The other thing um, to point out here, models projecting a score like 41 to 10. That kind of makes sense. A couple field goals for Florida State. Virginia Tech's defense is decent enough to probably force a field goal or two, give up some yards, then eventually get a stop, but it's so late that Florida State can kick a field goal. Um, They're not so bad that they're going to always give up touchdowns. They're also going to struggle to score, which means a lot of punts, that sort of thing. So it sets up to be that, you you know, 31 to zip at the half type game, and then it just kind of coasts from there. So uh, I'm with you here. One of one of my favorite plays as well, the non-A grades, under 53. Only C grade technically trying to parse through where the model thinks there's mathematical value, but I love this being on the right side of those two key numbers uh, there as well. Let's take just to another ACC contest, Georgia Tech and Miami 
Miami is a team that if you strip the priors out, is one of the top teams in college football this season. And that's not just me. That's what sideline says, but uh, – you know, Bill Connolly over at ESPN has SP plus, which is a pretty well-respected rating system. And he has, has the same thing. This team has played very well. We knew they had dudes. Uh, we didn't know if it would come together. And say what? Because I didn't know that this kind of dudes, this is a team. And, and didn't know it would come together like this. They've had some issues. Their crystals had some issues. And there's been a lot of rumors about how good of an offensive coach she was and what happened with the whole leaving Oregon in the well. I mean, there were just a lot of questions and um, it, it's, it's looking like now it's like, Oh, I, okay, here we are. Right. But I mean, there were a lot of concerns. And so there are people that were very rightfully skeptical. I think of this Miami team this year, even though we knew they had dudes coming in, but yeah, it's like the master plan is kind of coming together for Miami. It's early. And again, the reason why we have priors is to say, we don't want to just go all in on three or four games at this point. If I were to go all in on three or four games, this is a top five team based off just what they've done this season as it is. I've got them 18, but if they keep playing like this, they will continue to rise up the ratings. Georgia tech is one of those teams kind of mentioned earlier, the model's not high on. And I was very concerned that we had an a grade play on Bowling green last week, uh, getting like 23 points or something. I was like, man, Bowling green is terrible. Georgia tech has been outperforming things. And I'm like, what is the model missing? What am I? And then Georgia tech just flat loses the game. Like, I mean, that was the, the biggest upset of the weekend. I think, um, at least our biggest, maybe the biggest differential between spread and result. I mean, missed by like 45 yeah. points or something. Um, so the model was a little vindicated and not being very high on Georgia Tech. They played a great quarter against Louisville uh, and that was a- Thursday, Friday night game. That was a fantastic quarter, but they haven't been overall that great. I think they're on the rise. I think they're going the right direction. I'm just – the model's not convinced they're there yet. A decent offense, but a subpar defense. And you can tell that by how many points they allowed to a Bowling Green offense that is miles behind this Miami offense. Uh, Miami's going to have massive edges – on both sides of the ball, as you could see there, just by the ratings, number 18 versus 87. Model says this is Miami by 23.3. Miami minus 20 is a B grade. Uh, this is profiles very similarly to Toledo. Uh, the only difference is the model likes Miami by just a little bit less. We're having to lay an extra point, so now we push on 20. 20 is a very possible outcome on this. So just, a, just on the other side of an A grade, it's not very far from it. Kind of a B plus pick here, a pretty solid pick that, if we had waited on this one by the end of the week, it may get to a better price. It may get to an A grade. It may not. It may go up to 21, 21 and a half. And at that point, you've lost all the value. So we're locking it in now. We're saying we're happy with 20. We don't need to be too picky. And while it might get to a better price, the downside of it getting to 21 or 21 and a half is way, way, way worse than the upside if it drops to 19. Uh, so B grade, Miami minus 20, locking it in. Jake, what do you got? Yeah, look, Miami had the week off, and they've absolutely just been destroying teams. They beat Texas A&M by double digits, which is good on them. But after that, I know it's not been the greatest schedule, but nobody scored twice. Uh, they've given up a couple touchdowns and I think a field goal, but no no other team has scored twice other, other than Texas A&M. And Georgia Tech is not Texas A&M in mm-hmm. any, any form. No. Uh, Miami, this is the Tyler Van Dyke I expected to see last year. Yeah, yeah. And I think – it really and I think we saw him last year for like four or five quarters interspersed throughout the season. Yeah. <laughs> that was about it. We saw these like flashes, but it was not good for yeah. the most part. 
No, and it, it, it kind of feels like him and whoever the ex offensive coordinator were just not together. But, and, and whoever, I can't remember the name of the new offensive coordinator, but whoever that is, they seem to be best buds because they're absolutely, he's just dicing it up. Uh, I mean, the running game, they still, they're just talented. They've got dudes everywhere. The defense has really been surprising to me of how good that defense is. I thought that would lag behind the offense, but it's been just as good on that side of the ball. There's no way Georgia Tech has no business being in this game after losing to Bowling Green. That that was that's completely unacceptable. They had all offseason to prepare for Louisville, got them for a quarter, and then stopped. I, I don't know if the game plan just didn't go past the first quarter, but so it was. I think it was the second quarter. Oh, second quarter. Oh, my fault. Yeah. Sorry, it was the first half. Yeah, the game plan just didn't make it past halftime. Yeah. I know it's a new coach, new everything there, but. I, it's not a. It's not been a great start for them. Uh, like Miami's just going to absolutely destroy this team. Yeah, people were really high on Georgia Tech. Like I said, there's one of the teams that I, I. I was. I was talking to my dad this weekend about it. You know, the teams that we differ on, the model differs on from the market, uh, or from other respected systems and minds and things like that. I take note of those a little bit more. I take note of them, A, because we tend to have stronger plays on them. But I tend to take note of them because you got to look up and say, hey, is there something here that I'm missing, that the model's missing, that I'm just not incorporating? Or, or did I spell a guy's name wrong? And he's and that's and that's why, he, I mean, whatever it may be, whatever the case may be, I take, take note of those a little bit more because, because I, you know, it's like when you're kind of out on a limb like that, you know, you're trying to make sure that things justify that and and – Thankfully, Georgia Tech justified it in the negative sense for us this weekend um, in that they're just – like you said, they just don't belong in this game. You've got a Miami team that's just clicking everywhere. Tyler Van Dyke, you mentioned him. i just point out – I've got him ranked number 23 right now, 23rd best quarterback. And that's – that we can't ignore last year's data. Again, we can't go all in on these three or four games. And last year was so bad for him. But he's definitely going to be a, one of the quarterbacks – the quarterbacks are going to rise the most are the, you know, the Dante Moores – uh, those type of guys who have like literally no data, right? Or uh, et cetera, et cetera. There's a ton of them, right? Um, of the guys who have data, Van Dyke is one of the guys that can rise because his data last year was so negative that you put a bunch of positive data in there and it might take a little bit longer, but he can really rise up those rankings uh, if he continues to play like this. And again, that's a big if, and that's the thing we have to caveat with this. We're still early in the season, um, but like I said, Miami's look so good. And I feel like we have to have this discussion every year for people, we get new people and I'm here to edge. I'm an educator. I am a professor. I did spend five years as a college professor. I spent years teaching high school math as well, right? I want to help people and educate people. But we do know it is a fact that how you perform against bad teams is predictive of how you perform against good teams and vice versa, right? And if you don't do well against the bad teams or you do, that does tell you something. Now, again, it's not one-to-one, -one, right? They beat Temple, whatever it was, 42-7. to seven. That doesn't mean they're going to beat Clemson 42 to seven, right? But we can use that information. We have so many years of data and evidence and it continues to be proven true. And there are exceptions to that rule. It's like, a, it's a distribution, right? Everything in life follows a distribution as, as nerdy as that sounds, right? That we know on average what happens. And there are some teams that it's a little bit more extreme and a little bit less extreme. So, so, so some teams on occasion, how they perform against a bad team is a little, is even more predictive. It's really spot on. And other teams it's only so-so. In other teams, it's not great, but on average, it's a really good indicator. And that's what we have with this Miami team. They've played so, so well against weak competition, absolutely. But it tells us how they're going to do. It gives us a clue of how they're going to do later. And and I say later it, to Georgia Tech, because Georgia Tech's better than Temple. 
But Georgia Tech still isn't very good. Yeah, yeah, Temple's terrible. <laughs> they're better than Temple. I'm for sure, I can say that for sure. But they're not by that much, right? I mean, if I, I'll, I'll look at it up right now since we're, you know, we're looking at this. I've got Temple, uh, uh, what, at 124. So uh, about uh, 13 points better than Temple. So they're, they're definitely better than Temple, but they're not anywhere near the level of competition that Miami have to worry about facing later. So Miami big on this one. Some of these big ones, the only things we got to worry about is just making sure they show up focused and play the whole game. And if they do that, they should win by, you know, more like 30 than 20. So strong B grade pick here for Miami. And Jake, you are a man of the people giving us an after dark game to discuss here on the show. Cousin Jared last week, I would say letting him down, letting us down. I mean, he gave out a yeah. We had we had double A grades on Air Force last week, and uh, Air Force in the over, and that hit after a little bit of a slow start with ease as an Air Force team that we absolutely love, and and are just I cannot be higher on this Air Force team. They 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 are breaking the ceiling of how good a triple option offense can be in college football. In my opinion, they look fantastic. Um, and I say let us down. He gave us a winner, right? But. It let us down a little bit, and that the late, late games, you know, he kind of dropped the ball on us there. And uh, you're coming through here with a late, late game, 10 p.m. Eastern, Oregon State and Cal. Jake, Oregon State is a team that I think people need to remember. You are never as good as your best look, and you are never as bad as your worst. And people came off that Washington State game and just wrote them off like they were terrible. And that wasn't right. They're still a very good team. And now people will see the Utah thing. And now they're like all back on the, and again, the truth is always in the middle. Not all, most of the time in the middle. And that's the case here. We're we're still high on Oregon state. I've still got them 17th. I thought they were a good team. Despite what happened at Washington state, that was a tough game, a tough road game after Utah. I'm not ready to crown national champions. I still think they're a very good team who I don't think a very good team. That's Cal. I have not seen anything from Cal this year to impress me. They, every time I've seen them, I feel like it's just ineptitude. They're playing faster than they have before. So more things are happening, but I don't think it's helping them. Any. <laughs> We've got Oregon state. The model says by 13.8, another pick just like that under 58. It's a C grade. It would have been a B grade last week. Just trying to make sure we don't have too many A grades for people, but a C grade, don't overlook it, especially at minus 10. I love this here at 10, locking it in. Just, just again, we, we say our C grades, we add up to two units, B grades, two and a half, A, three. We don't play many of the Bs and Cs, so we don't want them that far away from the A grades because what we do, we like these. Uh, just lock it in for the basically bet one unit to win a unit more or less and move on. If it gets lower, cool. Maybe you put an extra half unit on it. If it gets higher, you've locked in a great price at 10. 10 and 11 are fairly common outcomes. Model thinks 13 and 14 is pretty common. I, I know it's a road game. I give the highest home edges of any conference in the Pac-12 more than the Big Ten and the SEC. Not because the stadiums necessarily are bigger and louder. They aren't. Uh, the travel is harder. And some of those crowds, even though they're a little bit smaller, can be pretty intense. California, not one of those. Uh, I don't really see it being a very raucous atmosphere. Um, I may be proven wrong, but not one of, of all the places that are a problem to play at in the Pac-12. I don't really think it's Cal. So Oregon State on the road by ten. Jake, why, why why did you select this one? Other than the fact that you're a man of the people, want to give them some late night action? Yeah, love the late night. 
I am super high on this Oregon State team. I think they are a top 10 team, no matter which way you slice it. People forget Kim Ward is an extremely good quarterback. Yeah. I mean, he showed up, and he's having a great year. I think he was a year behind, I think, because he came from uh, the In- F- FCS. Incarnate Word. Incarnate Word, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and he it just it took him a minute to get – and he's having an incredible year. This Oregon State defense is very good. Uh, they They slipped up once or twice against a Washington State team and still almost won that game because uh, the offense is just as good on the other side with the way they can run. And DJ is – I mean, he's not incredible slinging it. He's not slinging it around. He's not like all the rest of the Pac-12 quarterbacks. But uh, Pac-12 he's, has he's, some quarterbacks, don't they? I mean, between yeah. Bonix and Caleb Williams and Michael Phoenix Jr. Uh, and then the Lord Sanders. Arizona. Sanders, yeah. I've got Sanders in the top five. Yeah, they've got some quarterbacks in that league. And honestly, you can talk about a guy like Ashton Daniels from Stanford as a young guy. Like, I think he's going to be pretty good. It's just uh, – and then uh, the UCLA kid already mentioned him uh, yeah. earlier in the show, right? They got some quarterbacks in that conference. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to go out as a conference, this is the best way to do it. This uh, is the way to do it. It's it's incredible to watch right now, which stinks because a lot of these games end up on the Pac-12 network, and that's the whole yeah. – that's that's different. That's part of the problem. Yeah. but Well, this, or, or part, part of the problem is that for so many years, the Pac-12 was a little bit more mediocre, a little bit more – they kept beating up on each other. And they kind of faded from relevance. And so nobody wanted to watch the Pac-12 Network. So no one got the Pac-12 Network. I think it had this. And, and, and there still is an issue, of course, with the late night games and how many people are going to pay for that. But if the Pac-12 had been this good 10 years ago when the Pac-12 Network was coming out, I, I wonder if there would have been a little bit more of a demand to get it on more people's TVs. And we would have watched a little bit more of it. Uh, but it wasn't a product that was really great. It was there was usually one team that was good or, or even sometimes that team would still stumble and they kept beating each other up. And it's just a bunch of, you know, the 20th to 40th best teams were in that league in the college football. And it's like, those weren't the ones you're dying. This is not like this year where there's got so much more intrigue. So yeah, it kind of chicken and egg too. I don't know. I don't, I don't know yeah. which came first. Yeah. It's either way. I, I think this Oregon state team is very good. Cal, Cal has to run the ball to be good. That's where they're, that's the best part of their offense. That is not what you want to be against this Oregon State defense because they they are very solid up the middle. It's going to be really hard for California to get anything done. Uh, I think Oregon State is just going to come through, and it's it's not going to be so much of a blowout on the scoreboard. I think the scoreboard will look closer than this game will ever be because, uh, like, that's how I felt about Utah also. Uh, I think Oregon State was the much better team the whole way through, but they went by two touchdowns, so – I think you're going to see something similar. You're going to see like a, uh, a 14 to 20 point win here. And it's going to feel like it was like a 40 point win just because of how mm-hmm. physical this Oregon state team, especially as an offense with Martinez and Fenwick and Ungulele being able to run. It's, it's just going to be tough, tough for California. Uh, a couple of things to know here, just based off what you said, you talked about the defense, the pass defense efficiency for Oregon state ranks 29th, according to the model run defense 13th. So, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, that's 13th in the nation is pretty tough uh, to run the ball. I mean, talk about how California should be successful. Uh, you mentioned running the ball. I, I don't know how they're going to be successful because I'm not really sure I've seen them be successful in all the California. I've watched, I watched as much Pac-12 as I can because it's late now. There's less happening other than the games on Pac-12 network. Uh, but I don't know what they're doing at quarterback. They have two guys that are playing and neither one of, they're both kind of like, 
this guy's hurt. So we put the other guy in and the other guy's not actually hurt though. And then they go back to the other guy and neither one of them are really good. I mean, it's just a, I don't know. And if they're fading, like I, I kind of dove my way a little bit into Cal football Twitter and, and there's not necessarily a huge following there, but I can tell from some of the fans, like they, they don't know what's going on either. They're like, why is this guy playing? Why is that? It's just kind of a mess on offense there. Um, they seem like they were going to be a team that was going to pick up the pace a little bit. And I think that's true relative to what they used to do. Their pace now, uh, it ranks one sixteenth in the country. And they were consistently more in the like lower 120s to 130s. I mean, they were the Iowa of the West, basically. I mean, they they wanted to – and you saw that so many Cal games. And the, the joke about when they were making the bowl games and they played that 7-6 to six game or whatever. That's what they wanted to do, right? They wanted to limit the number of possessions, just run the ball, eat the clock, keep, you know – that sort of thing. And and they start going a little bit faster than that this year, but it hasn't gotten them anywhere. So I wonder if they're going to give up on that. I don't know what that team is doing. They're just as good as the PAC 12 has been. Cal has been a team that I thought maybe early would be a little bit improved, but just hasn't seemed uh, to do it. Uh, DJU, as you mentioned, not the best quarterback out there. I think we know that I have him uh, since I'm sure people are curious about this one, right? 53rd. Uh, which is very respectable. Uh, and of course, just for note, I have K Club Nick rank 124th. So uh, since they always go together now, you can see that, uh, you know, whatever was going on in Clemson with the locker room or the coaches or whatever, uh, they definitely gave up the better quarterback. I think we all know that. We all knew that. And uh, I don't know on that situation. I think part, part of me wonders if it was a, the team thought, DJ would be better. So they put more on his shoulders and when he couldn't handle it, the team got better when they went to club Nick because they went to a more running style and more, we're going to take this pressure off the quarterback, but it kind of sucks because if you had the better quarterback and knew how to use them, you could have been a better team. If you get better because your quarterback's worse, that tells you something about the coaching staff, right? Uh, anyway, I'll just get that alone. <laughs> but uh, yeah. uh, Oregon State got themselves a good quarterback, but they didn't have last year, and they were still very good. They were good to us last year, sort of riding them pretty hard the back part of the season. Uh, and they came through all the way to the end with that big win over Oregon. It's going to be a fun race in the Pac-12. You never know in the Pac-12 after dark when there's going to be an upset. So that's obviously the big, you know, the big question mark, the Pac-12 after dark, exactly how that's going to play out. But uh, of all the good Pac-12 games – this is one of the ones that should kind of just fly under the radar. Nice, easy win for Oregon State, even on the road. Minus Tennessee, great pick for us. And that's our four games that we're covering today. We'll have more college football. We'll have more NFL. We'll have some baseball throughout the week. So we'll be hitting every single angle possible. Jake, parting words for the people. Yeah, look, go back and watch the NFL show for their Monday night pick. We have been very hot this week. I think it's a – We've it's just been fun. I think on the show right now we're what four and one, five and five, one, five like and one. Yeah, five and one. having a great week there. Got the Jets, almost got the Jets outright, but got a plus nine and a half was easy after after the first quarter. It felt really easy. <laughs> first quarter kind of kind of kind of a little, little rough, a little rough, but yeah. you know we made it out alive. <laughs> it's all they all they all catch the same, right? Yeah, five and one for the NFL show. Uh, so go back and watch. We haven't that Monday night show. Uh, Jake, you have you have a prop. You want to give a prop here last yeah. minute. We talked about doing this, uh, you know, in the future, covering the Monday night game on this show, maybe giving out a prop with mm-hmm. it too. If, if you had one you had your eye on here for people who are still watching the show at this at the 40-minute mark, what is your uh, – what's your prop looking like here for Monday Night Football? 
I've actually got two for you. They're both two. Kenneth Walker. I think he is going to have a, another monster game. I like his anytime touchdown scoring. I last I looked at it on the app that I use, it was minus 105. So I hit that because I think they're going to just feed him. And same thing again with his over in the yards. I saw it at 64 and a half to 65, somewhere in there. Okay. I think he's going to end up with 80, 90, 100 yards. I think we just, they're going to feed him. Seattle is a much better team. Giants. I, I just don't see anybody really getting in their way at the at this point. Jake, how many fantasy football teams do you have? Four by accident. Okay, how many of them do you have Kenneth Walker on? One. Okay, so you're not overly biased. Right, I just it's just a check, it's just a sanity check for the people, right? I, I, said, I need if him. If you said all four, I'd be like, oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I need him to beat Mrs. Professor because. Debo didn't show up, and Patrick Mahomes not getting into the end zone that last play hurt. That was yeah, that was wild. That was wild for a lot of things. I think that swung yeah. like total spread everything. Uh, yeah. yeah, this is the world we live in right here. That Jake Jake is in a fantasy football league with Mrs. Professor, and, and the, it'll come down to Monday Night Football. So uh, I don't need what a time to be alive is all I can say. Um, that's our show. Uh, again, check out the Monday Night pick in the nfl show jake you just give us a lot of prop got our first four free picks for college football i get back with you all week uh, uh not really a lot happening but in the monday night football uh but we'll probably have some baseball here for you in the next episode and until then uh best of luck